is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Help us to be one of the few in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We find here there are many times that the in the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that uh, his fame was noised abroad, and people would come out of the sticks and out of every little hole imaginable, and they would literally have riots around the Lord Jesus, and they would say, "Please, you 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 can help you help this neighbor of mine. I heard you can help me too." And they would come to him with with the sick and the lame. Can you imagine? You're, you, you have a son, and that son is blind, or that son has some ailment, and all the doctors can't help him, but you found out that Jesus is in town. I think you'd probably, if you had any sense, you'd probably take the day off work. And you'd probably go see the Lord Jesus Christ and say, if, if there's any hope for this young man to be fixed and helped, I think Jesus might be able to do it. And they would throng him, is what the Bible says. They would be to where it was like if he was a celebrity. He was a rock star in some sense. Like that people would be just want to be around him all the time. But the problem was is that many of these people were like sheep, scattered abroad, having no order, no structure, no hope. And the Lord Jesus looked at them, and look what it says in verse 37. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Basically what he's saying here is, there is such a spiritual need for these people to get help but there's so few people willing to help. And I think of that, and I've been rolling that around in my mind for the past little while, and my, my life experience has been very different than the average person today. Uh, the average person that I know in, uh, all over the world, and really even in America, they, they lived and died within an hour of where they were born. And they, they don't travel much. I mean, most people, I mean, there's people here that they were born in Louisville, Kentucky. They, they've not really left far beyond this area, and they're going to die in Louisville, Kentucky, and that's just going to be it. And their world is so small that my experience has been different. I've been, I left Georgia when I was 18 years old, never been back. I lived in Tennessee. I've lived in Missouri. I've lived in Illinois, and uh, I live here in Kentucky now. And uh, I've traveled in 46 states and preached. I've preached in seven different countries. I've been, I've been all over the place, and I've seen so much. And my job as a missionary and, and really is trying to help in the missions of this church is to try to make decisions based on where needs are. And I know of so many needs that need to be filled, but I know of so few people who can fill those needs. I know of places in Nairobi that need a church and need a missionary to go there, but who can I send? There's nobody to go. There's a place down there in Dominican Republic in Barahona uh, right there in the western end of Dominican Republic, and I keep thinking, somebody needs to go there. I need, I need, I need a boots on the ground. I need somebody who can help me. I need somebody who can work with me. And, and, and I've, been, I've even been praying, oh, God, if nobody else will go, I'll just pack up my family. We'll go over there for a little while. There's Airbnbs right on the beach. I've done my research, and they're not expensive. I, instead of looking at you every Sunday, I could walk out on the beach in Dominican Republic every Sunday and look at that gloriousness. But I don't know. I'm, I, just, I just know that there's a need. The harvest is plenteous. There's opportunity. But the Bible says the laborers are few. And as we look at this and struggle with this, I, I kind of went through the Bible and says, what, what does the Bible say about what a laborer is? Well, I want to give you a few points tonight. And if you go with me in these passages of Scripture, I want to show you. I want to say that a laborer 
is a spiritual work that God does in somebody. To become a laborer, it is a spiritual work. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you will. And we'll look at a few verses together. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Being a laborer in the harvest field of God is a spiritual work. The Bible says, and Apostle Paul speaking here, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse number 10, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And by the way, by the grace of God, you are what you are too. And he says, And, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored. Do you see that? I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. The Apostle Paul saying that the reason I went off to the mission field is not because I'm some righteous Christian and because I'm, I'm some better and holier than thou person. He said God did a work in me and God did something inside of my life. The grace of God did a transforming work in my heart. And now because of, because of that, that's why I am the way that I am. And because of that, that's why I've done the things that I've done. And I want to tell you that unless God does a work in somebody's life, they will never, ever, ever step up and become a laborer in the harvest field of God. The truth is today that to be a laborer in the harvest field of God, you've got to be a spirit-filled Christian. And I want to tell you today, we have too many people in churches that are just playing church and playing games, and they just go through the motions of Christianity. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. They don't have a walk with God. They're not sanctified and holy people. And because of that, they just sit on a pew and sit and soak and sour and criticize and become armchair quarterbacks for a bunch of pastors and those who are in the work of God. I want to tell you, being a laborer in the harvest field of God is a spiritual work that has to happen in people's lives. And because of this spiritual work not being done, a lot of pastors have to resort to promotion. They have to give away pony rides to get people excited about church. They got to give away gift cards to Walmart and Denny's and, and, and Olive Garden to get people to come to church. I was at a church in Illinois, and they were good people, but I remember we were there, me and my wife were on deputation years ago, and everybody was there at that church that day, and people were bringing in their family and their cousins and all kinds of stuff, and I thought to myself, this is the most soul-winning thing I've ever seen in my life. People just bringing, I mean, I mean, like they, they were literally going and finding cousins that they had not spoken to in years and dragging them out and putting them in the car, and everybody was at the church that day. Me and Rebecca were the missionaries. I taught adult Sunday school in the auditorium, and even I could not find a seat in that church. And I found out why. There was a man in the church who owned a car dealership. And the, the family who gave away, who had the most visitors that Sunday got a free car. You remember that, wife? I was mad I didn't bring in, I wish we had more kids. Amen. <laughs> And, and listen, I'm, I'm the type of guy, it, it, I think promotion's good enough. I'd, I'd have a bouncy house at a funeral if I thought I'd get somebody saved. I would. But I want to tell you right now, if, if a car motivates you to get somebody saved, then something's wrong. It ought to be Christ that compels us to try to get our families to come to Christ. It ought to be Christ that compels us to try to get people to come to Jesus. And, and I want to tell you, when that is not happening, a lot of preachers have to resort to gimmicks in the house of God. It shouldn't be that way. I want you to go over to Colossians chapter 1. I want you to see this. 
Paul is saying that it is, it is Christ that's working in me that calls me to be the way that I am. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 29, Paul says, Wherefore I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. I want to tell you that there comes a point where, and I was in the bus ministry for years down there at Temple Baptist Church in Powell, Tennessee, and uh, and we we did anything we could to get kids to come on the bus. We gave away, I mean, cupcakes and candy and all kinds of stuff like that. But there comes a point where you're not coming to church because of that anymore. You're coming to church because you love Christ, because God has done a work in you and the Lord is working in your heart and you just can't help but tell people about the Lord. You just can't help but be a part of the local church because God has done such a work in you that there just is nothing else for you to do. This is what I am. I'm a church-going Christian. Amen. I want to tell you to be a labor in the work of God it is it's a spiritual work but let me say also number two that a laborer in the harvest of God is a supporting work I want you to go to the book of Acts chapter number 20 and Paul here in Acts chapter 20 is speaking to the Ephesian elders And he says this, and really this is the last time on earth that he saw these Ephesian elders. He says in verse number 32 of Acts chapter 20, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. He said, I've coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. And by the way, the apostle Paul was not a freeloader. You know, the, the old-time preachers used to say this. They said, many a, many a hot son and a slow mule called a man to the ministry. And there's a lot of people out there that look at ministry and say, well, I'd love to do that. Whew, be easy to do that. I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of times I've, I have... I have secretly begged God, oh God, let me quit running the roads. Let me go, let me go get a job over there at Magna with these other guys and I'd maybe give myself a break. Because it's hard. It's a lot of work. Amen. If you don't, if you think the ministry is easy, I hope God calls you. Amen. See what you deal with. And he says this in verse number 35. I have showed you all things how that so laboring. Notice that? You ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I want to say the work of laboring is a spiritual work, but not only that, it is a supporting work. It is a work of finding the weak brother and finding those who don't have it all together and trying to help them get it together and try to help be a, be a shoulder they can lean on and be somebody that they can count on and try to help these weaker brethren so that they can be strong too. That is the work of laboring in the field. Matter of fact, let me show you this over in Romans chapter 14, if you'll go there with me. There... We have people today that are what I would call weaker brothers. They're new in the faith. They got a weaker conscience. Some things bother them that don't really bother you, and uh, and they need they need they need help. Kind of like you don't uh, you don't really drop a heavy load of responsibility on a young child. They just can't handle it. The same is true of these people who are spiritually weak in the faith. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Meaning this, that there's going to be some people out there that are just weak in the faith and they've got a lot of dumb questions and you just got to bear with them for a little while once they get all their dumb questions out of there and get on track till they start learning a few things. Amen. There's a lot of people going to walk in the door. They've, they've been sitting around watching YouTube and they're so hung up on flat earth nonsense. That's all they want to talk about, and that's that's a bunch of stupid nonsense. What that is? I mean, listen, that that that's crazy reptilian ship shape shifter people out there. I mean, that's just a bunch of crazy weird nonsense. You need to chill it out, amen. Just sit sit back and listen for a little while. Hush, amen. Nonsense. All you want to talk about is whatever. I'll bear you, but you're weak and you're kind of weird too. The Bible says in verse number one of chapter fifteen. When ye, we, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Meaning this, that uh, you ever been around some kid that's just annoying? Nobody raised their hand. Kobe raised his hand. He may live with one. Amen. Sometimes you just got to bear with them. Tolerate them for a little while. Truth is, that's what happens at the local church. There's some people out there you got to tolerate for a little while until they grow and mature in the faith. And that's part of your job is ministering to the Lord, laboring. Sometimes, some, and by the way, I think it's funny how it's, labor, it's laborious to bear the, the weak sometimes because they can be aggravating. Amen. Well, some of y'all ain't liking this sermon. We're all right. The work of laboring is a spiritual work. The work of laboring is a supporting work. Paul told the Ephesian elders, he said, you guys need to support the weak, meaning you need to try to help those who are hung up in all kinds of nonsense, try to get them to the truth and try to support them and be a blessing to them and all that kind of stuff right there. But let me say also, number three, that the work of the harvest is a supplicating work. Go with me to Colossians chapter 4. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. You see it says right there, laboring fervently. I believe the most neglected work in the local church is the work of prayer. I want to tell you that praying for each other is the most important thing we could do for each other. I want to tell you that uh, the giving of money is not the best thing you could do. It's the prayers of God's people. That's what I need. That's what this church needs. That's what we all need for each other. And I want to tell you right now that it is a labor. It is a labor. When the Lord Jesus Christ said the laborers are few, you know what he was saying? He was saying that the people who actually pray for each other, those people are few in the local church today. I want to tell you today, most people, they, there was an evangelical poll that was done a couple years ago, and they said that the average Christian today doesn't even spend one minute a day in prayer. Mm, I think we're too busy with entertainment and too busy with distractions. There was a man years ago who said this, and I, 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 I don't agree with his, him much on theology, but he said something about this. He said, the rise of social media tells us one thing. He says, the reason we don't pray is not because we don't have time. He said, the rise of social media has taught us one thing. 
The reason God's people don't pray is, be, is not because we don't have time. We've got time to make those Instagram stories and all that nonsense, and I do too. Amen. I want people to know what I've been eating. And when Dave Jordan borrows a Desert Eagle from somebody, I want somebody to see me holding that gun because I want you to think I'm cool. That's exactly right. Hey, you, you're the same way. I'm just saying it out loud. Amen. But the idea of praying for one another, <clears throat> do, we really, do you really pray for each other? Do you call them out in prayer? Do you do that? Not only is it a supplicating work, but I would say also being a laborer is a spreading work. Is a spreading work. Go to First Thessalonians chapter two. First Thessalonians chapter number two. The Apostle Paul, if you remember, he went to Lystra and was stoned, and then right after he was stoned in Lystra, he uh, he went to Thessalonica and preached to these people. And great story there in the book of Acts. He says, verse number nine of First uh, Thessalonians chapter two. He says, for you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring. Do you see that? Night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Amen. I want to tell you that it is a spreading work, a spreading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what laboring is. I remember when I first got saved, someone handed me a, a tape album. That was back when they did that. We didn't have iTunes. We had tape albums. And I had a tape player in my car. And I would listen to a soul winning clinic by Dr. Curtis Hudson. Talked about how to lead a soul to the Lord. And I just could not believe that I could actually lead a soul to the Lord. And I went around trying to give gospel tracts and trying to lead souls to the Lord and trying to tell people how to be saved. I would walk up to perfect strangers in the street. I, I remember I went to Best Buy one time. A guy sitting there looking at TVs. And I walked up to him and said, Sir, are you born again? He looked at me like I'd handled, handed him a rattlesnake or something like that. You know, crazy. He thought I was weird, and, I, and maybe I was. I don't know. But I started talking to people about the Lord Jesus. I remember the very, really the very first person I ever led to Christ. I was going through a Burger King drive-thru there off of uh, in the Hamilton Mill area there in Georgia. And I uh, went around and got me a Baconator, Baconator from Burger King, thank God. And if you don't like that, take me off your list too. Amen. Had, uh, and got me some food. And as I was going through the drive-thru, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, give this girl a track. And I, I remember she reached out and asked me for my money. And I, I, was, I took my debit card and a gospel track together, and I handed her that right there. And she looked at me and says, what is this? And I didn't know what they were called yet. I hadn't learned these fancy words like tract. And everybody's walking around church talking about backsliding. I didn't know what that was. I said, what, kind, what kind of weird stuff are y'all into backsliding? I thought that was a gymnastics move or something. I didn't know what that meant, backsliding. And there's all this church lingo. And I thought everybody watched wrestling because everybody's calling each other brother, you know. <clears throat> that's what Hulk Hogan called everybody. You know, brother. And that's what he, I just thought everybody watched wrestling. So, but I had that, y'all ain't, y it's okay. White people, man, y'all don't laugh at nothing. Lord have mercy. I uh, handed her a gospel tract, and she looked at me and says, what's this? I said, it's a paper that tells you how to be saved. She says, what's being saved? I said, have any sins forgiven going to heaven? And she says, I've been worried about this all day. She says, where'd you give me that? And I didn't know what to do. 
Curtis Hudson did not cover this in the tape album. <laughs> you know, drive through soul winning. But I, uh, I said, well, let me have that back. And I, I wrote my phone number down on it. I said, call me later when you get off work. And sure enough, I got a strange phone call about four hours later. And I, it was a girl named Tiffany. And Tiffany says, I, she said, I read this thing, but I, I don't understand it. And I could tell there's a little quiver in her voice. And I told her how I got saved. And I said, I said, would you just do what I did? I, I, don't, I don't even know really how this works. I said, would you just pray and ask the Lord to save you? And she started praying on the phone, God saved me. And she started crying and I started crying and, 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 and it, was, it was wonderful. She got saved. <laughs> she, she asked me this. She, she said, I'm going to ask you a question. Is it, is it weird that I feel different now? I said, no. I said, because I did too. Yeah, man. And I felt good. I'm feeling good about this message, y'all. Yes, Jesus. Save me. And, uh, and I said, oh, God, would you? And, and what I did that night, I, I, I went to my house where my parents, you know, I, I lived with my parents at that time. And I got on my knees in my bedroom and I said, oh, God, oh, God, please. I don't care about money. I don't care. I want to be a policeman. I don't care about being a policeman no more. I don't care about any of that stuff. I said, oh, God, would you please let me do what I just did the rest of my life? Right. April 10th, I'll turn 39. I think that'd be 20 years I prayed that prayer. Other than working in Bible college at Arby's and a few other places, I, I really have not. I've, I've been full-time ministry ever since. That's all I've done. Laboring. Laboring. Trying to see people saved. Laboring. Preaching the gospel. Started pre I started a YouTube channel because everybody's believing this false gospel. This dreadful, false, sick, weird gospel that's out there. That is a heretical, evil deception. And I started preaching against it. And I've been doing that ever since. You pray for me. Maybe I am just a big vagrant. I don't know. But I just want to preach the gospel and labor in the fields. I want to say not only is, is this laboring work a spreading work, spreading the gospel, but let me say that this is a schooling work, a schooling work. Go with me, 1 Timothy chapter 5. And I'm going to just give you the average Baptist preacher line. I'm almost done, which is a lie. <clears throat> the Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those, they who labor. Do you see that? Labor in the word and doctrine. Guys, there's a, there's a big need in churches today for Bible doctrine. Y'all pray for me. The Lord's laid it on my heart to do a, a coloring book for kids. And what I want to do is do ABCs of gospel terms. I, want, I got one right here, and I got it right here in my Bible, the letter J. And I want to go through A, B, C, D of all that. J, and, it's, and I'm, I wrote on the bottom, justification, to declare righteous before God in a legal standing. That's what's on my heart to do, and I'm going to do it. You know why? Because I want, I, want, I want kids to understand the gospel. The problem is we take these little kids and we lead them in a prayer and we declare them saved. They, they walk right on into hell believing, well, my mommy told me I was saved. Truth be told, there's a lot of 40-year-olds that are believing the same thing. And truth be told, there's a, there's a dreadful, dreadful need.
revival doctrine in churches today. And quite frankly, the, I, I, I would suppose, and maybe I'm being a little bit negative when I suppose this, but I would suppose that if I said the word, if I asked somebody to find justification for me in the average Baptist church, most people couldn't do it. Maybe, maybe I'm just being rude. But I think, I think that may be true. So we need to be schooling in doctrine. Let me say also that this laboring in the local, this laboring in the harvest field, not only is a spreading work, it's a schooling work, but let me say also it's a suffering work. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. You're there in chapter 5. Go back. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And verse number 9, it says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and, notice that right there, and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. I want to tell you this, that, um, and I think it was Leonard Ravenhill said this, he said, if you get fire for God and start living for Jesus and start really making your life count for God, he said, you'll make more enemies in the local church than you will at the local bar. Because these, these perpetual backsliders will say, hey, wait, wait, set, settle it down. You're making us look bad. Living for God. <laughs> what are you doing? I remember we lived in Festus, Missouri for some years, and, and the church there was filled with good people, but a lot of them were older people. And I came in there, and they had never seen anything like me before. And uh, maybe I was young. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I was a little bit overzealous. And, uh, and that's okay. I'd rather let the fire burn than try to put it out, you know. I'd, I'd rather try to uh, restrain a bunch of fanatics than try to raise a bunch of dead corpses. Absolutely. But I, I, I would go around, and uh, the Lord really worked on my heart, gave me a burden. There was, a, there was Main Street there in Festus, Missouri, and there was about three bars right there. And Friday night, people, I'm talking about foot traffic all up and down. And it was weird for a... For a little midwestern town to have that much foot traffic so i stood out there friday night hand out gospel tracts to people made people mad and uh matter of fact one of the bar owners came out there and told me if i didn't leave he's gonna sue me and i told him sue me <laughs> i'm gonna pay they'd get out there in the street corners and they'd they'd cuss and yell and stuff like that and i'd i'd stand across the street and say the bible says believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved and guess what the police would show up. <laughs> and the police would show up and say, oh, it's just Spencer again. All right, yeah, carry on. And I remember one night there was a person walked out there. And she, uh, it was a woman, she's probably about 30. And she says, she said, are you Spencer? I said, yeah. She said, um, everybody in that bar hates you. I said, okay. She said, but I understand why you're doing it, and I really appreciate that. And then she walked on, went, went home. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are going to be people that talk about you. They'll say negative things about you. We like to think that we can labor without suffering or reproach. Verse number 10, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach. Meaning this, that if you get right with God, people are going to say things about you. They're going to say, oh, who does he think he is? Well, <laughs> I think I'm just trying to be a laborer is all I'm trying to be. Let me, let me hustle this along real quick if I can. It's a spiritual work. It's a supporting work. It's a supplicating work. It's a spreading work, spreading the gospel. It's a schooling work. 
it's a suffering work. But let me say also that it's a work about the judgment seat of Christ. Judgment seat of Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, we are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And by the way, there is no purgatory. There's no in-between. You leave this body. If I leave this body today, and there's there's what the old-time preachers say, the bones are still left. Don't weep for me. I know where I'll be. I'll be with the Lord. And the Bible says this, verse number 9, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. Now the average Arminian looks at that and says, There it is, there it is, got to work. You got to do good work so that you can go to heaven when you die. That's not what that's saying. Because the next verse talks about what it's saying. Verse number 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. That is talking about the rewards for the believer when they die. And I want to tell you this, that if you're not laboring, if you're not doing the things that we mentioned where, where you're, you're walking with God and you're helping those who are weak and you're praying for others and you're giving the gospel and you're willing to bear their approach and you're learning doctrine and teaching doctrine, if you are not doing those labors, then you will not be accepted at the judgment seat of Christ. Got quiet here on that. Did I say something wrong? I want to tell you this. Go back to Matthew 9. I'm going to land the plane here. In verse 37, then saith he to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want to tell you this. There is a great need in church. There's a great need in missions. There are places all over the world that need the gospel. I saw something the other day, and uh, CNN was broadcasting something about the Ukraine crisis, and they just happened. Someone called it, took a screenshot of it, and I got it. Someone just happened to see somebody standing in line, and they, it was a kid, and he was holding a chick track, and it was on CNN. I thought, praise God, somebody's there. <laughs> somebody's dropping gospel literature there. Thank God somebody's laboring in that field. But the truth is, unfortunately, people like that are the exception and not the rule. There's places in the Dominican Republic that need missionaries. There's places in Kenya that need missionaries. Brother Charles Hiltabilla's son is going to try to give us that Uganda ministry. I don't even, I can't, there is no, I can't do it. Spencer Smith, you guys, I'm telling you, Spencer Smith is going to die if he takes on any more. There's nothing left for in me. The laborers are few, and the opportunities are endless to reach people with the gospel. And I can't do it all, and this preacher can't do it all. And most, most of the places that I've been to, it is a preacher and his family that are hanging on by a thread, trying to do everything to everybody all the time, and a bunch of people sitting in the pews, sitting there watching that preacher and the family destroy themselves, and it's sin against God is what it is. A lot of people ought to be shunned and shamed 
because they sit by and let the world die and go to hell and they just look at the harvest, watch others laboring. I'm glad that that verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is there. Wherefore we labor that whether absent or present that we may be accepted of Him. Can you imagine wasting your life on things that don't matter when you had an opportunity to get in the harvest field and labor for God and reach people with the gospel and pray and walk with God and let the Lord use your life. And you didn't do anything with it. I want to tell you, I circled my, my in my Bible, verse 37, there's a word that has haunted me. At the end of that verse 37, it says, but the laborers are few, F-E-W. I circled that word in my Bible, and I said, oh God, let me be one of the few. I don't care. Let everybody else live their life of mediocrity, but I, Lord, if you'll let me, I want to be one of the few. Let me end this message tonight by saying that if you're here today and you're not born again, you're going to a fiery hell and you're going to burn forever and ever and you're going to remember this night right here and you're going to burn in a fiery flaming hell forever and ever and ever saying, oh God, I was a fool. I should have got saved. I should have trusted Christ and you need to repent of your wicked hellish sins and run to Jesus as quickly as you possibly can. You're going to hell when you die. You need to trust Christ and quit playing games with God. If you're here today and you're a Christian, I want to tell you it's time that you get off your spiritual laziness and start living for God and quit just existing in the local church and quit quit, quit just being a spectator and start being a participator. The world is going to hell. Things need to be done. There are things that need to be accomplished and you're just sitting idly by. How dare you sit idly by when there's a need, my dear friend? I remember, I remember watching when I was in high school in Atlanta there was a fight that happened in a school. This was back in the days when kids started to have camcorders. And there was a kid that got beat up real bad. Three people jumped on him and kicking him and fighting him and hitting him. They played it on the news. And they said this. They said, it's not the fact that that fight happened that bothered us. It's the fact that all around it are 200 teenagers just standing there going, There was some girls just sitting there just messing with their hair. And this kid, this kid went to the hospital, was in a coma. And everybody just. And everybody's mocking those kids, saying, hey, How evil can you be? I would say the local church is doing the same thing. World's dying, going to hell. We're just, I'll not be that way. When I look at this verse, I think to myself, there is a plenteous harvest, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I'll end with this. I wrote this down. I was in a mission conference years ago, and the man read that verse, and he misspoke it. He said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are you. He said, excuse me, I meant few. No, wait, that was right. The harvest truly is plenteous and the laborers are you. What are you doing with it? Father, bless this time. Thank you, God. Lord, give us a fresh vision again of the need of people dying without God and going to hell. The need, oh God, uh, for people to labor, to labor. Oh, God, help us to repent of this stupid game of playing church. 
Help us to repent of our wicked apathy. Help us to repent of our wicked just watching the world die and go to hell. Help us to repent of that, God. Well, hey, guys, your friend Spencer here. I want to talk to you about channel membership. This channel has turned into like a gigantic global thing, and we have so many things we're trying to do, and we have expenses we're trying to meet, and we need your help to do so. So YouTube has allowed us to be in something called the YouTube Membership program and that's what we have now where you can pay monthly to support this channel and just do it right through youtube and there's certain perks that you get uh for doing this and we want you guys to be a part of that and there's so many things you get for being a channel member so let me do this i want to show you this this uh screenshot here and this is from youtube right on our channel here and basically what we have is these five levels of membership that you could be a part of uh one is $1.99 a month two is $9.99 a month three is $24.99 a month four is $49.99 and level five is $99.99 a month. So level one is $1.99 a month. All you got to do is hit the join button on our channel and you get one of these loyalty badges next to your name and you get to use all these super cool emojis. Now, everybody who is a channel member gets to be a part of our super secret list of videos that only you people can have. Okay, we have we have like so many good videos behind that paywall that all of you folks can have and be blessed by. You can have all that for just $1.99 a month. Now, once you go up to $10 a month, level two, uh, we will actually send you a free CD. And I've got CDs all around here that we use. And we'll just send you one of them for free just as a thank you to that. And then also, if you join level three, which is $24.99 a month, uh, then you get to have not only just a, a CD, but you get a book that we have. Now, what we have is we, we put on here sending our book, Calling Evil Good, The Live Christian Rock and Roll, which I have a copy of it right here. Now, if you want one of these, that'll be fine. We'll send you one of those. But we also now have the Dr. Matters Bible study journals, and you can have either one of these. So we'll send you one, no problem, just as a thank you for joining our channel. We certainly would appreciate that. And then also uh, for $49.99, you get all the books, the CDs, and then even we're going to try to send you some uh, some more uh, discounts on our Spreadshirt items and things like that. We'll take care of you on that and we'll try to work something out with you. And then also level five, you get basically the same thing. So uh, guys, listen, this is a way that you get to be a part of what God is doing on our channel and get to be involved in all this. And so level one, you get all the loyalty badges, access to all the videos. Level two, you get all, everything mentioned before and a CD. Level three, you get everything and a book with a CD and all the membership perks and everything like that. And the level four and five, you get a lot of uh, spreadshirt item stuff and all that. So all you have to do to claim all these perks is uh, once you join, just email us, spencersmithmembers at gmail.com, spencersmithmembers at gmail.com, and tell us what, what you want. Give us your name and address, and we'll send it right to you, man. We'd love to have you guys be a part of this. We have so many special videos exclusively for our channel members coming up in the very near future. You don't want to miss out on that. God bless you guys. We love you, and we will see you all very soon. Hey guys, Spencer here. I've got a great, exciting new book for you guys that you're going to absolutely love.